Hey, this is Brian. And Mikey. And Pat from Weezer. And you're listening to KCOU. 88.1 FM Columbia. Columbia. It's great we got a cast. Hey, this is Julian from Whitney. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. That's it. <laughs> Sunday slash marathon to march. This is start your march. Happy Sunday, March twentieth, twenty twenty-two. Alongside the hosts of Marathon to March, David Campbell, Jonathan Lidskin, also a start your Sunday host. How's it going? A little crossover event action. We're back. We are. Uh, thanks for having me. I don't know if this one works. This is like when they do used to do the. Uh... Is that one working? Dave? Hello. Is nothing here? I hear you. I hear uh, sounds good. I don't hear anything about my headset, but if you guys can hear it in yours, I think we're okay. Yeah, you sound great. You sound excellent, Dave. Perfect. This is like when they do the uh, when they used to do the NBA college basketball crossover. College basketball guys. Well, they have like Shulman and Billis doing like Lakers Heat. Yes. <laughs> I think it's a little interesting to like. You know, all season long, we see a bunch of guys who break down these matchups, and all of a sudden, the AT&T, the half crew, involves well, Kenny the Jet and Charles Barkley, guys who... Well, and now Rex Chapman. Think, yeah, I don't, I don't think they follow the sport like as much. He's, he's well I, I don't think they follow the sport as much. They're casuals. You're asking me. One would say that. Well, I think it's time we dive straight into the tournament. We'll, we'll get to NFL after the first break. A lot of news. Deshaun Watson heading to Cleveland. Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders for a lot of capital. Um, J.C. Jackson to the Chargers. Vaughn Miller is now a Buffalo Bill. Randy Gregory heading to Denver. A lot of AFC West teams just right now. Yeah, fairly quiet NFL free agency, especially comparing to last year where every team was spending money. But let's dive straight into the uh, the NCAA tournament. Let's, I'm not even sure where we should start. There's so many different ways we can go. Um, let's start with Gonzago last night. Down double digits at the half to Memphis, and Memphis dominated every second of that first half. They were physical inside. Their length and athleticism was something that Gonzaga I don't think had seen in months since they yeah. played Texas Tech in December. All year. Duke, when they played uh, in back in November, it was something that Gonzaga was basically shell-shocked by. Chet had early foul trouble. Timmy was struggling inside. The Gonzaga guards couldn't really figure it out. And down 41-31 at the half. They were an underdog uh, at the start of the second half, and they started going inside, and their buckets started falling, and eventually put together a comeback one by four. But Gonzaga holds on for your life. I'll start with you, Dave. You know what happened to the Bulldogs last night? I mean, they won, and the same thing happened in game game one against Georgia State. I mean, that game was tied at one point in the second half. Georgia State was right there with them. They play a team who, as you mentioned, you know this is the most athletic team that Gonzaga has seen since Texas Tech, uh, December eighteenth, uh, three months ago, and. It showed. I mean, Memphis was out-hustling them. They were more physical with them everywhere on the court, whether the perimeter inside. Chet Holmgren had an iffy game, and he, he there was a lot of moments of exposure of him. And there's a lot of people rushing to defend him, 
and I think for good reason, you know. Um, him and Timmy make up a great front court, and man, did Drew Timmy have to save the guns like a Bulldogs last night because he had an unbelievable second half. I think he had 21 in the second half, and he was going from everywhere. He was hitting mid-range. Like, he looked like, like, looked like Kobe out there. What a game from him, and because I guess guards ended up stepping it up, and they ended up squeaking it by uh, Memphis. I think it was about halfway through the second half where me and you just kind of looked at each other, you know, all of us did, I guess, and said, yeah, I don't think Gonzaga's losing this game. John, I asked you, late in the first half, I'm not sure we were at quite halftime yet, you were rooting for Gonzaga heavily. Yeah, You're your national, national champion. I turned to you, I said, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being sound the alarms, what nervous are you right now? You said 6. Yeah. They were down 10 at the half, trailed by as much as I think 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Eventually came back and won the game. It took the lead with like 12 minutes left for good, basically. You you were nervous, Liddy. Yeah, I just, I was nervous, but at the same time, like we kind of knew that Memphis couldn't really keep playing that fast with Gonzaga because nobody plays that fast with Gonzaga. The way you beat them is slow the game down, hit, hit open shots, just and just limit them in transition. And Memphis really in the second half did a horrible job of doing all, all three of those. Penny didn't really use timeouts when he needed to. Yeah, he had three timeouts left, I think, at the end of the game. It was very, very poor coaching, although I think he had a great game plan from the get-go. But I, th- I think all yesterday proves is Gonzaga's path w- wasn't easy, and I don't think it was ever easy. I don't think people who said they were going to roll to the Final Four really considered how good Memphis was in the second half of the season. We I kind of expected them to play Boise State, but Memphis handled them. They're going to go play an Arkansas team now that is reliant a lot on J.D. Note still, but have got, gotten it done in, in the first and second round and plays excellent defense. And I don't think like I don't think Gonzaga has this like cakewalk to the the Final Four. I, I think it's a tough path, and if they get to the Final Four and win the national championship, it's just because they're that good. Yeah, I think I, you're right. Th- this is something that you said before that you know Gonzaga they always have the easiest path to the Final Four, but they did last year. Maybe, last year, what it was? I mean, they played what Iowa and or they didn't even play Iowa. They played USC and. Creighton, Oklahoma. Yeah, last year they were minus two fifty to win this, to win that region. I believe this year was around three hundred. Really, to get to the elite eight. To get to the, they were minus two fifty to win the region yeah. last year, and I bet it with no second thought. But the difference this year is they're almost far and away the best team. Texas Tech. They play Notre Dame tonight, seven ten Eastern time. Uh, they're a big threat. Obviously, Duke is the two seed. They play Michigan State. We'll get to that in a second, but. <laughs> Does this worry you that this could possibly happen again? And instead, of, they couldn't come back by 10 points, either of you. I think Arkansas is a worse matchup for them than Memphis because Memphis kind of surprised them with the athletes they have. I don't think Arkansas has that, although I think their offense and defense are much more complicated than Memphis, and it's going to be more of a scout than it is. But it's it's hard to prepare for a team like Memphis with that kind of athletes in in one day. And we saw that in the first half last night. I'm not particularly worried. In 2019, Virginia seemed to have played bad like every single game on their way to the national championship. They, you know, they were down with five minutes to go to Oregon. They were down to Purdue. They were down, down to Auburn. No, like these kind of things don't have game to game correlation. I, I think Gonzaga's fine, and I still don't doubt them to win the national title. Dave? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I think Arkansas is going to give them a test. I, I thought that before the game against Memphis, and. That doesn't change my my feelings about that. I, I I mean I think Arkansas is really good. 
I, I kind of thought about it, and I'm like, how can you beat Gonzaga? I wanted to formulate a plan on how a team can possibly beat Gonzaga. And I've thought about it, and a team like this, you need someone who, there's, I think there's literally like four things you need. Four things you need to beat Gonzaga. You need a guard who can score at all three levels. Arkansas has that. And you Chris need, likes. And you need a big who can force to me at the perimeter, which I think Arkansas also has in Jalen Williams. However, you also need guards who are really good perimeter defenders and can shoot the three, like really good three and D guys around the, the one level, the three level scorer. And then you need a guy who can be strong with Chet. So Arkansas have that. Guy? I don't think Arkansas has that. I know they have Jalen Williams, but I'm not sure. That well, Jalen, if Jalen can force whoever it is out of the perimeter, like Timmy or the Chet, Chet's a perimeter. Jalen will guard Timmy. Yeah, and, and me and Lee both think that. And, and if he can push Timmy out like Baylor did last year, uh, I have no issues that he won't be a factor in the game. I don't think their perimeter defense is as good as Baylor's was, though. And I think a lot of the Gonzaga guards will be able to do a lot of great things that. You know, for 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 that game in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Well, obviously, Arkansas still has to win one more game. They will. Arkansas will play Gonzaga actually, and we will see the other side of that bracket. Texas Tech plays Notre Dame today. Quickly, Michigan State will play Duke. Four ten Central Time, five ten Eastern Time. Jonathan Litzkin, yeah, Duke fan among us. Mm-hmm. Wearing my gear today. Is this Coach K's final game? Uh, that's a tough question. You know, if we get the team that played in the ACC tournament and the game against UNC to end the season. Yeah, where we will be is final game. Um, if we get the team that played against Cal State Fullerton, it will not be his final game. This team I played. Heard, I heard those 15 seeds, they're dangerous. They're dangerous. They're dangerous. They, they played excellent against Cal State Fullerton, regardless of the opponent. And th- this is a team that we know has the talent. We know they, they have good shooting, good interior defense. It's just about. Putting it together, communicating, and you know, Michigan State's tough. It's a team that runs a lot of offensive sets on a one-day scout, and I know Coach Case had the history of success against Izzo, but re- more recently, it's been Izzo that's got the best of them. Michigan State's won two of the last three matchups against Duke. I think it'll be a good game. I, I think it'll be close. I lean Michigan State just because it's a hard scout on well on one day. And why, that, why is that? Go give us some context. Michigan State just runs a lot of offensive sets that are really hard to prepare for. And like Coach K is obviously familiar with what Izzo does. He's played against him 15 times. But when you combine like what Michigan State's running, they they run a lot of pin down stuff with with Gabe Brown, just getting him into the lane, and then Brown had 12 points in the win against Davis. If if yeah, if it's not there, if the pin down stuff's not there, and they take it away, they they throw it into Bingham and play play out from there. But then then like Michigan State also just has a lot of length and a lot of height, and that, that's something that that could bother Duke. It's going to be a Big Cause, game, cause big, that's what Duke has. They have uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a big game for the Duke guards. If Roach, Wendell Moore, and Keels play well, I, I think Duke should be fine. I was going to say, I got to ask John. You know, you talk about how if we get a team we see in the ACC tournament, yeah, but all week long you've been saying that like maybe the ACC wasn't so bad after all. You'd be like, you know, oh, the yeah, ACC's not that bad. Something the we're finding not out. Bad. The ACC is not bad. So you got. I think we're I feel like four gotta, ACC teams in this. Or three I feel like you got to pick one. Where it's like or maybe the ACC is really good. Maybe Duke had a tough week, but like you, I, don't, I feel like I feel you got to pick one. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no denying they had a bad week in the ACC tournament, but I think the ACC could also just be, be better than we originally thought. No, like, Liddy, 
who lost. North Carolina had a bad week in the ACC tournament. Duke went to the final. Yeah, but they didn't play well while doing it. They beat a Syracuse team without Buddy Beheim, who still played well. They beat a good Miami team who played a pretty good game from what I saw. And then they just laid night against Virginia Tech. They didn't have a bad uh, Virginia Tech. They, they had a great offensive sorry, week. Notre Dame had a bad week. Notre Dame had a bad week, yes. North Carolina Wake won. Forest had a bad Wake week. Wake Forest had a disaster week. <laughs> no, just defensively that week, it wasn't there. Like, we dropped from, I want to say, like the low 20s in defensive efficiency all the way down to 47. And now we're back up to 40 after the Cal State Fullerton win. We're back. But, like, like Ken Palm doesn't, like, matter now it's just well, yeah, go it's, win games it's, it's 40 minutes of basketball like i, I think from a, a metric and eye test standpoint even though they won games they had a really bad week i brought this up to dave in the car i think you're gonna know this do you remember 2017 west region the two seed 2017 west region hold on let me think about this the west region 2017 was gonzaga's region the two seed was arizona who no. lost no, to no, no, no. I believe this was the West region. I thought the West region was Gonzaga in 2017. Who did or- who did Oregon beat in the uh, Sweet 16? Do you know the answer? Duke. No, no, no. In ter- no, no, 2017. Oh, Michigan. Michigan was the seventh seed. Two seed was Louisville. ACC team had a bad first week. Michigan beat Oklahoma State by a point in the 7-10 matchup. And then, and then they upset the two seed. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that was the West region, though. Uh, for some reason, I that, that was that was uh, that was the Midwest because that was Kansas. Yeah, yeah, okay, true, true. So that Midwest region. For some but, reason, I thought it was but, West. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. That's it's just weird. To look at some things in the bracket like that, but uh, the seven two. That 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 uh Michigan o- that Michigan Oklahoma State t- game, but both of those teams were were criminally underseeded. O- Oklahoma State was the number one offensive team in the country that year, and I think they were the ten seed in that matchup. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that was that was bad, and they were they were really good offensively and really bad defensively, just just kind of like Davidson was. Yeah. So, so yeah, I know. I think it'll be. I think this Duke game is going to be really interesting today. If they if they win it, tech, Texas Tech awaits if they can get past Notre Dame. Which it's they, not an they, easy road. I'm picking Michigan State to upset Duke. I'll say it. God feeling Michigan crazy. State gets that win. Another, I, another big game for Joe. Yeah. You you want to say I'll get to. Um, the comparison in a second, but you want to say, oh, a Joey Hauser fluke kind of game. Yeah, he sucks. But North Carolina yesterday, we just have back-to-back incredible games from Brady Manick. Well, Brady Manick's good. Brady Manick is good. Brady Manick's good. It's he's a lot fluke. better than Joey Hauser. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's, here's my thing. Lids, I, I, don't, I don't know how much. You've watched Michigan State live, I think. Yeah, but I have. I've seen him in person this I've year. I've watched a ton of Michigan State this year. Harry, I don't know if you ever have it. Some games. This team isn't good. They're not a good basketball team. And they have a lot of length, and they're a lot of very weird for many teams. But if this team's a Sweet 16 team, then maybe I know nothing. But I just, I, what, after watching Michigan State time in and time out, I watched them so many times this year. They have inconsistency, so much inconsistency in the backcourt. They have inconsistency with Marcus Bingham, who for the most part has been pretty good this year. But when he's off, he's terrible. And Joey Hauser is asked to be your best shooter, which he can't be. I don't like their bench at all. Like I think Duke's gonna blow this team out today. I, I really think Duke's gonna win this they, game they by fifteen. They kind of need that, and they get Texas Tech on Thursday. Uh yeah, it would be Thursday. That's okay. the same night as USA Mexico. Ah, in the World Cup qualifying. It's true. It's a bit, it's an that game would be that'd be crazy if we had like a Duke Texas Tech back to back. You know. Well, then there's the uh, programming alert. Same days as South Region. Also, we'll get to that. Also, uh, let's go down to the bracket to the East. 
The darlings of the NCAA tournament, the North Carolina Tar Heels. We're calling them that. I see a lot of 2014 UConn slash Kentucky. I, I originally said UConn, and Liddy's like, they're Kentucky because they're a top 15 team to start the year who vastly um, didn't play up to their expectations in the regular season. Now they finished in basically eight seed, and now they're getting hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. They looked incredible against Marquette. They won that game by 32 points, and they had the f- an incredible first 27 minutes against Baylor. A disastrous final 13, and then picked it up in the final five in overtime. If I were to make a sweet 16 bracket, I would have picked... The second chance bracket. No, I would pick North Carolina to win that region. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Lids? I still think UCLA is going to win that region. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Hawkeyes. He got injured last night in that game against St. Mary's that I figured was going to be a pretty bad matchup for St. Mary's, and it was... But they I think, ran a little early. Uh, yeah, they, they did. But UCLA just these these WCC teams like, and we saw it with Gonzaga in the first half last night too. They get into the tournament and they see a team that's really good at like making making shots and like Murray State and just like stuff. hits tough shot. They they hit tough shots and like something they don't see in the WCC. Like UCLA will t- will take tough shots and they'll make them. It's it's different than like a Loyola Marymount, but. Yeah, I think this UC, this UCLA UNC game is going to be really interesting. If UCLA can play their slow, their slow pace that they want to, and not and UNC doesn't speed them up, I think they'll be fine. And I just like Baylor wasn't as good. I, I think they didn't have a guy like Davion Mitchell that you just put on the other team's best guard, and he's you know he's not going to do anything. I think RJ Davis is going to have an awfully tough time initiating offense against Tiger Campbell. UCLA had slow starts in both the Akron game and the uh, and the St. Mary's game. Yeah, they, they did. can't afford to a slow start against Carolina because we know how what happened against Marquette. They went up huge early, and then against Baylor, basically went up big early after falling behind four nothing. Yeah, I, they probably can't. The, the, assuming, the Akron game this especially. is also assuming Brady Manic isn't suspended, which I don't think he will. I be. don't think he'll will be either because it was the ACC yeah. and for Buddy Beheim versus the NCAA. Now I don't think he'll be suspended. But the people who were saying that like he shouldn't have been ejected yesterday were, were just like off the rails. Bro, like Seth in what da- world Seth are you allowed Davis. to elbow a guy in the face and stay Seth in the Davis. game? Seth Davis was like Goodman I, too. I, I've talked to a lot of refs about fifty fifty. I'm like, what refs think it's fifty fifty? Like. The- that, that's fine if it's 50-50. If you think it's 50-50, then clearly these guys sided with one side of the 50-50. Yeah. Coming from someone who's been elbow in the face in basketball as of late, not good for the sport. If <laughs> you remove the sport. Um, can Carolina go to the Final Four, Dave? 1,000% they can. I, I think UCLA's going to win, too. I, I had UCLA out of this region. Uh, I think they're a team that's just built for the tournament, I, I, I guess, with the way that's that... That's a casual statement. But, but I, am I wrong, I though? No, but I understand Am I wrong? Like... We've talked about it ourselves. Like I'm, I, uh, that is a casual statement. <laughs> like, people say that about everyone. They're built for the final four. No, but UCLA legitimately, like, it, like the way they play basketball. I mean, with Hawkeyes, obviously, hurt. It's a, it's, a, it's a question mark. But how long do we? Do, is he going to play against Carolina? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But like, uh, they have shot making across the board. They have really good defense as well, and this team can can, can totally beat UNC. Uh, if Hawkins is a play, that's a little that's a little risky. I think UNC is playing such good basketball right now, and it's not just because the last two weeks. I mean, even then, like the end of the season, they've been great. I think they kind of took it a little personally when, you know, to quote the great Michael Jordan from UNC, I took that personally when they looked at bracketologies and some of them had on the bubble, you know. So 
I think that UNC is playing out of their out of this world right now. I still don't trust Caleb Love to like be a point guard on a Final Four team. But, but, but RJ Davis is RJ Davis last is, two games. RJ Davis is amazing. Is, is he a freshman or sophomore? No, it's a second. Year. He's a sophomore. He came with Love. He, he feels like they had they had be, an amazing. He class feels like he could be an year. NBA player. Totally, Davis, totally. Yeah. And I mean that front court's cooking. I don't think Man will be suspended. I think that'd be a little criminal if he was. And he's like Luke May 2.0. I think the thing with UCLA is just like you can like what are you preparing for against them is my my question because like team, uh, you, you could prepare perfectly for them and the other thing is like they hit tough shots like they play they, with they, great pace <laughs> they they play really slow they lull you to sleep and they hit tough tough shots they take the shot clock down it's just like it's so like like it's not like it's hard to prepare for them it's just like. You can't prepare for a team that their 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 thing is hitting tough shots. Yeah, oh, I need to listen to Titus and Tate regardless. I want to see what they have to say about this Carolina team because I know they've been up and down on them. But T- Titus tweeted after they beat Marquette that uh, UNC was off the bubble and they were <laughs> yeah. they were in the tournament. <laughs> it's just that's a team that just makes a lot of shots. And he, I think Hubert Davis has done an excellent job there. Yes, he he's let, done an amazing job. Let's go job. down. Uh, Texas and Purdue will fight today for the last spot in that region. But the, the the real darlings, yeah, the St. Peter's Peacocks. It's true, they were the 15 seed in the East Region. They took on the Kentucky Wildcats, a team that you know I I enjoy to watch. Um, a lot of people are you know hoping for the downfall of the uh, the all-time winningest program in college basketball history, and you know they got their wishes. The St. Peter's this guy, put together man, this a, guy. St. Peter's put together a great performance, and tip of the cap to them. And the only thing more impressive than winning one big tournament game is winning another. They took down Murray State last night with one of their best players. I have to go. Banks is his name. Banks. Banks it in. Yeah. Uh, he only scored, sorry, six points. After putting, what, up 30 against mm-hmm. Kentucky? And they still found a way to win. Yeah. Which Jonathan fl- Litzkin. This yeah. seems like, it seems that this is, is a, this this is a the great team. Best 15, uh, this is such a casual statement <laughs> about to say. Is this the best 15 seed of all time? And can they beat Either Purdue or Texas. I think they maybe could beat Texas, yeah. Purdue's but uh, Purdue's too big. And I think I, I wouldn't say they're the best 15 seed of all time. I still think that title probably belongs to Oral Roberts just because of the personnel they had on the floor. Yeah, they had two high major players in Max Aismas and Kevin O'Banner. And I, I think the St. Peter's team, like they're a very good defensive team. They have a, a clear identity. But unfortunately, the next game St. Peter's plays will be the last game Shaheen Holloway ever coaches there because he's going to take the Seton Hall job. So uh, St. Peter's is obviously hoping they get Texas. I think both Purdue and Texas are a nightmare matchup for them just from a physicality and height standpoint uh, with both of those guys. I, I think the winner of that Purdue-Texas game moves on to the Elite Eight, but you know, the St. Peter's run's been fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on I mean, I just, um I'd argue they're actually better than Earl Roberts because – I had they were balanced. Like no way, Earl Roberts was a tournament game last year. If they scored six, six points, points. Yeah. they're six not winning a game. Um, they put much better defense. I said this on, the, on on marathon on Tuesday, and no, in no way am I claiming this. But I was like, you know, I'll say this though: St. Peter's they play really, really good defense, yeah. and that's why because the, the Kentucky over under points are like really low for some reason in that game. Like, it's mm-hmm. like and, and, and Murray State to six seats, uh, you know, they, they play a great brand of basketball, and you know, I think I already mentioned. Shaheen's gonna get go take a job at uh Adam Shaheen Bears tight end. No, Shaheen's gonna go take a job um uh, at Seton Hall. But he's been great, and this has been a fun run. I'll do. I'll put two things on St. Peter's. One, uh, the the Litskin theory about how 
a seven seed sees they're playing the 15 instead of the two, and they get excited, and they almost overlook them. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I don't think it's just – I don't think it's more an overlooking thing. I think it's more of just like you, ha- you have a different kind of emotion when you find, when you find that out. Like, you, like Murray State was – like Murray State wins that game, and they're not like, let's go prepare for Kentucky. It's like, oh, we get to play St. Peter's instead of Kentucky. And like, obviously, you're still preparing, and it's a one-day scout regardless. But I, I think just like the initial reaction is not something – you can t- you something you have to take into account, I should say. And like one thing on Sha- on uh, Shaheen Holloway, it's like it's just an incredible story. Like this guy was such a great guard at Seton Hall back then. Now, like anyone like our age has ever heard of him. No, but he coached at Seton Hall for what as an assistant for nine years. Comes to St. Peter's and like this isn't this wasn't someone on anyone's radar. It's just it's crazy how what one win beating Kentucky and then obviously the second one against Murray State can like you know like change his life. Like I'm not sure what the salary is the head coach. At a college like St. Peter's, but now there's an all likelihood he's going to take the Seton Hall job, and that's that's millions of dollars coming in to him and his family. It's just like it's it's Pretty crazy fun. how like, I love how the sport works. Where it's like now like the opportunity that comes up, and especially after a win like that, it's St. Peter's sport so great. St. Peter's is like one of the lowest athletic. It's the, it's the lowest. Budget. It's the lowest budget. In I, I want to say that like Kentucky is like recruiting uh, coordinators, like getting paid more than Shaheen Hall is. Yeah. So yeah, it's just crazy. Like St. Peter's, like. People were talking about it, and they're right. Like it's an impossible place to go win at for basketball. And I think Shaheen Holloway will be an upgrade to Kevin Willard when he takes the seat in all job. And it feels like the players just like love to play for him. I think that's such a casual. <laughs> but like you could just tell. Like like I saw the video of them walking into the locker room after. Year. Like he seems like such a, like a player's like friendly. Coach. Players like, coach, they they yeah. want to play for him, and it's like I think he will do an exceptional job when they get to seat or when he gets to seat hall. Assuming he gets that job, in which I'd be shocked if he didn't. Uh, quickly, we'll fly to the other side of the bracket. Um, Houston plays Illinois today. Arizona TCU. Don't make much of that. Michigan, David, oh, your squad. They're oh. to the Sweet 16 for the fifth consecutive year, not including 2020. For fifth program reasons. ever to do that. Incredible. They're, first, they're, they're first, first and only Big Ten program. But they're, yeah. they're still looking for their first national championship since 89. The Big Ten's looking for their first since Maryland in 2002, I want to say. I don't think Michigan's going to win the title. I don't think so either. They could go to the Final Four. Cla- classic Rick Barnes in March, by the way. Mm-hmm. We, we, uh, we real quick. This, yeah. Iowa, Tennessee, Loyola Chicago counts in there too. Virginia Tech. All did not make it past the first weekend. All won their conference tournament. A conference championship with a grain of salt. Conference tournament overreactions. And three of those lost in the first round. Tennessee was a team that was supposed to. Yeah, they Kansas would have lost. Kansas would have lost Ryan Kalkbrenner potentially. I don't yeah, disagree. That's, that's disappointing. But, I mean, yeah, Michigan, I, I did not think they were going to be able to beat Tennessee. And they just they played a much better game. The lo- and go on, Jawan Howard outcoached Rick Barnes. The last time Michigan played, that's going to suppress everything. The last time Michigan played Villanova was in San Antonio in the national championship game. If Villanova beats Ohio State later today, we'll have Michigan versus Villanova in San Antonio. Or we get Michigan Ohio State. Or we get the big the game. I heard a uh, the game. Uh, Gus Johnson, Joe Clad, first flight to San Antonio. <laughs> Welcome to college football. <laughs> That would be great. Uh, quickly, Midwest, and then we'll get to the NFL stuff after yeah. the break. Kansas will play Providence. Jonathan Litzkin and I will hopefully be there. You think Providence will win this game, right? Let's I think Providence will win this game. Whoa. Man, you hate Kansas. Dude. I do. Rock I chalk. don't think this Kansas team is very good. Providence has shown us this weekend that their length is something you have to, be, to take into account and be aware of. They'll bother Kansas's guards on the perimeter. Nate Watson, I think, is a lot better than David McCormick is. 
dude, good for good for Providence in all in all in all seriousness. Like, winning two tough games. A team who, well, no, <laughs> well, no, they like they showed up. They did. They totally showed up. And it's a team where a lot of people, including myself, had their doubts about them making a run. Let alone let alone make a run, uh, getting a win. In the I picked you know? uh, South Dakota State. I picked South Dakota State too, and I thought South Dakota State was a really good team. But like Providence is a team where everyone was like, "Oh, they're they're frauds. They're frauds." Like fraud watch Providence. They're the Sweet Sixteen. They got the one seed where is most likely getting upset, and out of the ones left, obviously. And I think I think they can do it. I don't know if they will, but I think they can. And it's, I think it's a great story for Ed Cooley and Co. Yeah, uh, I that one should be interesting. Uh, I have to look a little more into Providence. I know they're a long team. Uh, they have a good big. Yeah, obviously McCormick is. I think I think they're a good Lydia matchup. Cole soft. Mm-hmm. He is soft. But we'll, we'll see what happens he, there he in Chicago. Soft. The lower side of that bracket will have Iowa State versus David's Wisconsin Badgers. I hate you so <laughs> much. Favorite player Brad Davison, number thirty-four. Why do you put his number in there? I don't know. They'll be taking Iowa State today. And the other side of that bracket... Because it's going up in the banner. The narr- in the, in the, the uh, rafters, that's why. Yeah, you're right. The narrative war 2.0, Miami versus Auburn. Narrative war 2.0. Well, How'd the first one go? Eh, well, Jacksonville State decided... Not, they, they led at the under-16, the under-12, the under-8. The under they didn't lead... They didn't lead after that. After that. Um, Miami's a better team than Jacksonville State, though. I, I think Auburn wins today. Uh, Will Georgia State lead again in this game? Nope. <laughs> I think Miami keep it close to the Auburn. They totally can. Yeah, they will. They need I, hit I, shots. Think, I think Kessler but, and Jabari would be too much of it. No, I think Warrenberg matches up well with Kessler. But with Kessler's the, better than him in, in, everything, in every way. I do think Warrenberg matches up with well with him, but Miami has, no, Miami has him. no answer for Jabari well. Smith. They would need Rodney Miller to... Step up, big yeah. Time. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have my. I don't like the. They, they, Jabari is going to be a nightmare on the perimeter today to guard. I think he's probably the difference. But it's like what happened with Texas A&M. They hit some threes early, and like Auburn kind of got cold. Well, Auburn's guards, like when they're off, might be the worst backcourt in the country. That's why they need when they're on. They, they, they're amazing backcourt. They're amazing. I just like when KD is can they hitting be the layup these? and then screaming today, like technically two nothing, which he did against the 15 seed Jacksonville State. Like, can, can you imagine you're like? A waiter, and you're like serving Katie Johnson. You mess up his order. <laughs> like, what would he? He would lose it. Yeah, you, you would be dead, dude. I feel like he would well, get uh, more hyped up when he gets Zeb Jasper. Yeah. <laughs> Does Zeb Jasper's quote concern you? Oh, One thousand percent. Because I hate people who are so, idiots. So he said he was like, uh, "We play in the SEC. Miami plays in the ACC. They haven't seen a defense like ours." They, yeah, they haven't seen they, like we have. Yeah, it's like we. Yeah, they haven't I, seen. They I, haven't I, seen which he's, he's right, by the way. Which he's but, totally no, right. No, I agree. You can't say that. You I can already see that, that. Like, in the post. Like when Miami like runs. I say it walks like defense. I don't know what he says. I don't like, know what he sounds more, like. Like you could throw this term around a lot. Like program. I don't want to say program changing because I you know you it doesn't exist. So yeah. A Miami win today would be the biggest one in the history of the program. Totally. 1, yeah. They've never. And you would know better than me. But they have never. They've been in the Sweet Sixteen three times: 2000, 2013, 2016. The highest seed they've ever been on their way there is a three seed, which is Ohio State. They could be a two seed in Auburn and then play Iowa State or Wisconsin, which are both winnable games, and put themselves in position to get to their first ever Final Four. Quickly, before we go to a break, live Final Four. If you were to pick four teams to go to the Final Four, right now, up to your bracket. Uh, I'm not going to no need, no need My four it. teams are still available, yeah. so uh, they're still in it. So if, I, if Auburn and Villanova both win today, my whole Final Four gets to the Sweet 16 for the first time since – God knows one. Auburn Arizona need to win today. I got Auburn Arizona UCLA and then Duke. I need Duke to win today. Which so, they, so I I have a Final Four team out Kentucky. I have three remaining. I would keep Arizona. I would keep um, Auburn. In the East, I would pick UNC. 
And in the West, I'd probably keep Gonzaga, but Texas Tech, I like also. Oh, let's go to a break. We'll You'll talk, want Texas Tech to win. We'll talk NFL, Deshaun Watson, Devontae Adams coming up after the break. This is Start Your Sunday, KCOU 88.1 FM. What does your smile say about you? Are you happy? Confident? Friendly? Getting and keeping that smile takes work. Proper brushing and flossing daily and drinking fluoridated water. Fluoridated water has been in use for 75 years and is considered the most safe, equitable, and cost-effective way to prevent tooth decay. A healthy smile means a healthy person and a healthy community. For more information, visit health.mo.gov. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. My name is Chase Madison. And I'm Luke Magnanti. And we are Cup of Bro. A sports radio talk show right here on KCLU 88.1 FM. Join us at 11 a.m. on Fridays for some fun sports talk. Featuring our bro segment where we talk about everything that happens off the field. And drink a little bit of coffee too. So be sure to tune in to see what we got brewing up. on 9th Street in downtown Columbia, KCOU 88.1 FM presents Post-Sex Nachos. On March 19th, you can see your second favorite boy band with special guests Stolen Gin and Little Cowboy. Roller Coaster Rock from Columbia's own will be on full display. Doors open at 8 and the show starts at 9. Tickets are available at thebluenote.com. KCOU 88.1. Gotta stay in tune, cause we never gonna be done. Stay coming with the flame, like we walk a flock in the pain. Understand that it's DNA, and I do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Got any plans for Friday, March 25th? KCOU presents Mobley at the Rose Music Hall with special guest Jesus Christ Supercar. Coming off the release of his latest EP, Young and Dying in the Occident Supreme. You won't want to miss this multi-instrumentalist. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets are available online at rosemusichall.com events. Welcome back to KCOU 88.1 FM. Start your Sunday. David and Liddy are jamming right now to the second song that has swung my gambling luck. <laughs> this and Hot and Cold have turned everything around as of late. How are we doing, boys? Dude, well, how, how, your day, you did you pretty good yesterday, right? Yesterday was a negative day, but it oh. could have been a lot worse. Gonzaga and St. Peter's kind of saved me. Yeah, that's St. Peter's li- live bet. See, Ooh. the thing with live betting is... It's all num- numbers. Like it's it's all like it can't account for like emotions of, of games. St. Peter's never trip. Got some news with the college basketball front. Illinois, Illinois, is wearing orange today. They wore. Oh, wait, why would that be anything? No, I don't know. I just, is that gonna make Brad Underwood run offensive <laughs> sets? I. T- Kofi Coburn, biggest NT like, player yeah. of all time. <laughs> I love that theory that you could that you created with that. So like. 
the play where Silla would always talk about, like, Andre Drummond is like, he'd yeah. always put, like, 24 and 12, but it would never matter whatsoever. <laughs> that's Kofi Coburn. He'll be an NFL, and he will not it's be a, NFL That's center. a good point. He'll I feel like, I feel like D'Angelo Russell, like, when he was, yes. like, really good, yeah, was like that, he's too. He has empty stats. D'Angelo Russell? When? He still is. Early in his career? Stats. Dude, he okay, would, empty stats. He would he, put except in, the fact the Wolves are... 42 and it's 30. Not, it's not no, dude, when early in his career when he was on dude, the he's Nets. he's having a great season. Early in his career when he I was on the Wolves Nets. And, and Lakers, he would like put up like 25 and it like, would not make a difference. Dude, they made the playoffs. The Nets with the playoffs and Russell won most improved. They were, they were a seven seed. I think they won like they won the six seed. They won, Still, like, they were the terrible. six that won the first game of the series against Philly and then got beat in their la- next four. Can you, can you like name anyone oh, else on that, that team? You remember the, the, when Jared Dudley fought Ben Simmons? I don't remember that actually. Okay, other than Jared Dudley, who else was on that team? Like that team was terrible. It was Delo no, like, nothing a, else? The bottom of the D- East was terrible that year. Delo's but the, a bad example. The six and seven seed still won Game One. The Delo, uh, Delo's a bad example. There's a lot of other guys you could have said, but Delo's, Delo's a bad example. I'll, I'm trying to think of other empty stats guys, like just like college basketball empty stats guys. Um, hmm. James, Jameson Battles. John, empty, Johnny Davis. Jameson Battles. No, cut. no, because if he if he doesn't play, like they're. James, Liddy, Jameson Battle's kind of an empty stats guy. Is he? He averaged like 18 a game. Right. <laughs> game four between the Nets and Sixers. Who was the Sixers starting lineup? The Sixers starting lineup? Yeah, the Nets, I mean. Uh, that was a four-point D-Lo. game. Embiid was so good. He still is good, but like, oh my God. This team won a finals game? No. That's what I'm Their starting lineup was D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, and Jared Dudley. The bench was Damari Carroll, Spencer Dinwiddie, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Trayvon Graham. That's not like atrocious. No, it's, no, it's not. Bad. It's bad. It, it, it's, it, you had Al before he was good. You had Levert before he was good. Levert scored Harris before twenty-five was... points in that game. Well, good. But Daniel Russell was clearly the best player on that team. That was like the Nets. I kept on like dancing on the sideline. This is a, this the, is the Sixers team that should in the finals. Yeah, with starting, Butler and Tobias Harris and Simmons. Jimmy, Joel Embiid, JJ Redick, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris. They <laughs> That's David, I have a great example. Those are five all-stars. Caleb all-stars. Wesson at Ohio State. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good example. This has gone off the rails. <laughs> let's go. Let's talk to Sean Watson. Yay. So I, this is something I actually predicted right, surprisingly. I, I thought Cleveland, I thought Cleveland was a fit. Credit what credit is due. <laughs> I thought Cleveland was a fit for him. Yeah, and totally. I didn't know what they'd have to give up, and clearly it was a lot. Multiple draft picks. and Yeah, we don't know if Watson was suspended or not. I'm not going to speculate on that because that's out of my knowledge. I think they're a heavy contender in the AFC with Kansas City and Buffalo with Watson, if he is indeed not suspended. I do think they need another receiver. I think Cooper is – we're going to see a good version of Amari Cooper. Also Who's their wide so. receiver, too, is my next question. As of right now, Donovan Peoples it's Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones. And unless you've seen like an Anthony Schwartz break Do they have a second-round pick this year? Do yes. They, they trade that. Okay, yes, they, they do. And that pick should be a wide receiver. And it will be. But that's a – Exceptional roster with now a top five quarterback. Do you agree? Yes, I I would agree. The weird the the weird thing like about this whole thing is like the Browns said they wanted like an adult at quarterback, and then they traded for Deshaun Watson, who I think is probably the opposite. But I don't think there's any doubt the Browns roster is way better than it was a week ago, and. Their chance of winning a Super Bowl and winning the AFC is much higher than it was a week ago. Browns have a second and a third this year. Um, and Liddy's 100% right. Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, is the third best quarterback in the NFL. And I think he'll be two by the end of the season if he plays. Because that's how good I think Deshaun Watson is. Um, like I said, from a full, pure football perspective, I don't think they gave up too much. Three first-round picks because... That was what the Niners gave for Trey Lance. I mean, yeah. And like, it, you know, and... 
I genuinely believe that this 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 team with Deshaun can win the Super Bowl. Uh, they have they they need to add receivers, as you said, but they have the O line. They have debatably, and Devin seems a lot anywhere. Like with Henry's injury, I think Chubb might be the best running back in the NFL. I don't, I don't know if I would say that or not, but he's up there. And then you already have a defense who is only going to get better. I mean, they're young, and then you have the best edge rusher in the NFL. You have a top ten corner in Denzel Ward, and a linebacker in Jeremiah Cornmore, who I love, and he's going to be freaking amazing next year. So this Browns team is amazing. I was on him last year. I picked him to go to my Super Bowl last year because I thought Baker Mayfield was going to be half decent. He was not. And, you know, now they have an amazing quarterback. And I think that it was a good choice to go to Cleveland. People could be like, wow, well, why did he go to the AFC with everything that he loaded there? I'm like, he could have done that, or he could have gone to the the Falcons, who would have the worst roster in the NFL, or like it's up there at least. Or he could have gone to the Saints, who, you know, they have a good team. Um, but who knows what the Saints at this point in time. So I'm 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 glad he picked the Browns. Are you going to double down? I think we'll go next year. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, it's March. It's, it, this, it's is only, March. this is only March. And and um, and the AFC is absolutely loaded. But I I think if they get a favorable draw, I mean, like they also play in a really tough division. The Bengals just made the Super Bowl. The Ravens are going to be back with Lamar next year, and the Steelers have the best coach of the division. And you know, are, are are always a threat every single year. I think the Browns lose at least one game to Pittsburgh next year. I think that's just going to happen. Um, but man, I think this team this this team is, has real Super Bowl potential. I don't know if they can do, like fulfill that though. I I'm not sure if I'm going to pick them either. Um, it's it's interesting with them because I do think they need another receiver. We know how great the running backs are with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. The defense like they. Baker was so bad last year. I know he was playing injured. Yeah, no, he was bad last year. But they'll, they'll upgrade from injured Baker to, to elite top, to Sean Watson. Yeah, Sean Watson also hasn't played football in a year. So we have to take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. Could, it could take, especially if they have a tough early schedule, which... I know you don't. Off- I, know, I know that you don't believe in that, though. What do you mean? Like Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is partially true. Let's yeah. go to the best receiver in the NFL being moved. Devontae Adams traded for a couple big first-round picks to the Las Vegas Raiders, the current Raiders offensive skill group. They have Derek Carr, quarterback, Josh Jacobs, running back, tight end Darren Waller, and the receivers are Brian Edwards, Devontae Adams, and Hunter Renfro. Little man making another enormous play. <laughs> and do they still have Alec Ingold? Or no, he's in Miami. Nah, he, <laughs> yeah, he's he there. He's, he's like Kyle Juszczyk 2.0, man. No, he's so, Kyle, there's no Kyle Juszczyk 2.0. It's Kyle that, Juszczyk is CJ Ham 2.0. That is an electric offense in a very tough division. How good can the Las Vegas Raiders be this year, Liddy? I think they can be really good. I mean, they made the playoffs last year, so it's not like I think like a lot of people have this like false notion that like the Raiders are a bad team. But they, I mean, they, <laughs> that's true. They, they, the five they, seed last they, year, they made the playoffs and like almost won a game. Yeah. So I think the like main takeaway is like, and I know this has been said by other people, but like Mahomes and Herbert aren't going anywhere. Like the, the Chargers and Chiefs are going to be good for a long time. So. What what are you re- rebuilding for? You're re- you're rebuilding for to get good again in three years when the Chiefs and Chargers are still going to be good. Yeah. Like there, there's no point in being bad when you have no guarantee of being go- good or better than the teams in your own division in a couple of years. I, I think the Raiders have a good shot to make the playoffs. They're going to have to win games in the division, which they can do. But I like Adams and Renfro together. Derek Carr is a good, really good quarterback. The team obviously has some holes, as as does everyone. But new coach has a shiny new weapon. 
interesting year I think ahead for the Raiders. Yeah, Josh McDaniels, obviously offensive coordinator for New England for many years. The last time he had a receiver with the capabilities of Devontae Adams was Randy Moss, who had put together one of the greatest seasons by a wide receiver in NFL history. Uh, Dave, I'll ask you this. The Raiders, a playoff team last year, they were the five seed, lost 26-19 to to Cincinnati in the wild card round. Uh, you think they have a good chance of getting back, especially with all the weapons they have? Mm-hmm. They lost Mac, but didn't they add? Who else did they add on their defensive line? I believe they, they got lost to, Mac. They lost, never mind. They lost um, Carl Nassib, sorry. Yeah. But I, I believe they added someone else. They got Chandler Jones. Line. Chandler Jones, that's who it was. Yeah. Chandler Jones is now there, one of the 10 Rumors of them possibly adding uh, uh, Tyron Matthew, which personally I don't think they need Tyron Matthew, but. They have. They who, have who are their safeties? Jonathan Abram and Trayvon Mooring. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, they used a good traffic on Mooring. I like him. Yeah. Uh, do you think this team could go back to the playoffs? Totally. I mean, look, people are going to try and drive a bunch of narratives into the Raiders to, to try and make them look worse. Like, oh, well, they have the worst quarterback in the division, which, yeah, they do. But Derek Hart's look a top 12 quarterback, and their old line is terrible. And their D-line, it's good on the edges, but they can't stop the run. I'm like, they added Bilal Nichols. Their secondary is terrible. They got Rocky Sin, Darius Phillips, Trayvon Mullen, Anthony Averett. That's a, that's a solid quarterback room. Plus the, the and Nate Hobbs, who his issues, but he's good. Yeah. Um, and their safety is really good too. These weapons are, I I think that the best weapons in the AFC West. I really do. It, I, it might be elite, maybe the NFL. It might be the Tampa NFL. is up there, but yeah. after that, it's like I mean, look, Rams? okay, people can harp on Derek Carr all he wants. He is a top twelve quarterback. He is a good. He's a better than good quarterback. I wouldn't call him great, but he's he's there. And you have. A really strong receiving core, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, who was awesome last year, and Brian Edwards shows some really good signs his entire career. And then you have a top three tight end in Darren Waller, who is very clearly a top three tight end and isn't far away from Kelsey, who's in that division. The running back room with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake as a nice one-two punch. I mean, like, this team is solid, and it's just going to be an absolute a war of the AFC West. Yeah. And I think... Like, this is also kind of like a casual thing to say, but I think everyone goes one-on-one in that division against each other. Because I still think the team. I totally see it. The team I'm picking to win the division of the Chargers. Really over KC. Yeah, like KC. Like is it's interesting because like they, I they, don't think they've gotten I was that much that. better. Everyone is kind of Kansas City was already uh, one of the best rosters in the league, one of the best teams in the league. They were twelve and five last year. Yeah, well, they've right. hosted the AFC Championship four years in a row, not by accident. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of stayed in neutral while everyone else in the division got better. And I wonder if it catches up. I love what the Chargers did. Sebastian Joseph Day on the inside, a very good defensive tackle. J.C. Jackson, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, gave him the money. Um, they still have other money they can still spend. They do think they need another receiver. I think they will draft one in the first round. The Chargers? Yeah, because yeah. they got smashed in Joseph Day. Yeah, I, I still have some what, questions about... Um, well, Kula Max, one of the best run-stopping linebackers. I, I still have there. some questions about their, about their O-line. Yeah. I think Slater and Lindsey are great, but past that, it's it's there's some issues. No, I, I Storm Norton's clearly the starting right tackle. They have their draft capital also, so they can use the totally pick on an totally. offensive lineman while adding a receiver. Lid, right now, if, obviously, we'll do NFL previews over the summer, but team you would pick to win that division right now? Right now, I'd say the Chiefs. If the Chargers can get Jamison Williams in the first round, it's probably the Chargers. They have they have the personnel now to, to run Staley's scheme. They have Sebastian Joseph Day is going to be probably the most underrated sign in the offseason. He was so good for Staley when he was with the Rams in 2019 uh, and 2020, for that matter. They got they have an elite run-stopping edge now in Khalil Mack, and they have corners that can be put on islands. 
And Asante Samuel doesn't have to guard the best re- receiver on another team anymore, which I think helps him. Yeah, and they they still have uh, Hayward is on the Casey Hayward's on the, on the Raiders. He got now. signed somewhere. It was mm-hmm. not the Raiders. It, was, it wasn't the Raiders. Cardinals, maybe. That's that's right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they have two good safeties or now. Falcons. I think this is a good roster roster that needs a deep threat, and I think Jamison Williams is probably exactly what they need. Uh, let's go around some of the more underrated signings from around the league. Dave, you have one. Don't say Harrison Phillips. <laughs> I want to say Harrison Phillips Vikings. Um, you know, you mentioned there's a lot of players who have to sign. I, I kind of want to go OBJ, Tyron Matthew. OBJ, Tyron Matthew. Um, Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore's one. J.C. Uh, Treader's available. I would love the Vikings to get him. Um, I kind of want to go to a um, to, to an edge rusher, also the AFC West, if you don't mind. And that's Randy Gregory. And I've watched Cowboys games last year. You know, I don't really know why I did, but I did. Because we have a lot of Cowboys friends. We do have a lot of Cowboys friends. And friends of the program. Randy Gregory had a tremendous year in Dallas last year. And when he was announced back to Dallas, I got a text from my Cowboys friends. They were ecstatic. They were ecstatic. You know, I then, – then what? Half an hour later, he goes to he goes to Denver, and um, you know, I'm looking at it. A lot of Broncos people wanted Von Miller back. Von Miller T's potentially coming back, and they got someone who's better than Von Miller and cheaper than Von Miller, and younger than Von Miller, and he's named Randy Gregory. And I am so excited to see what he does in this defense. They already have a secondary for him. I think this signing is going to be strides. They also got Alex Singleton as well, like. Again, like we mentioned how the AFC West is just absolutely loaded. It's absolutely loaded. And another one I quickly want to mention happened yesterday. It was a trade. That's Robert Woods to the Titans. Yeah, I, we didn't even talk about that. He's awesome. And he is someone who, you know, gets uh, gets overshadowed by the greatness of Cooper Cup. Got overshadowed by um, OBJ when he got there because he got hurt, obviously. People, kind of, people forgot about him. I mean, he cost a six-round pick. And I think he is an instant upgrade over Julio Jones. And Titans, I mean, look, in that AFC South, you need maybe nine, eight, ten games to win that division. Titans can get that. Titans can totally get that. No, I like that. Uh, I think Shadarius Ward to the Niners. I was going to say that. Good, 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 good thought, Libby. Uh, I thought they needed another corner. I thought they kind of got exposed a little bit in that NFC Championship. They couldn't guard Beckham. They couldn't guard Cooper Cup. Uh, I thought that was a good signing. I like... Who can guard Cooper Cup? Logan Wilson. <laughs> that was a joke. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> I had to think, I'm like, who's Logan Wilson? Who, what cor- There's a corner named Logan Wilson. I'm like, oh, it's the linebacker. Yeah. That that's that was one that I was thinking of. Uh, Mitch Trubisky to the Steelers. <laughs> I, I don't think Trubisky's going to – I think they're going to draft pick and he's going to be their guy. Maybe. I just don't see Mitch Trubisky starting. I don't uh, think Tomlin's a guy who, like, is comfortable starting a rookie, though. Baltimore adding Marcus Williams. Yeah, they paid mm-hmm. him. They paid him a, a lot, lot of money. money. He's also, like, super young. I think 20, he's 25. He's 25. That's he still have like he still needs to learn how to tackle, you know, and then and, and, and that's uh, David's still issue. bragging out the, you know, the Minnesota and, miracle. Um, Minneapolis miracle, and uh, but I know in all seriousness, he's really really good. Baltimore really hasn't had that safety in a while. I feel like even when they were like yeah, I mean winning pl- like playoff games a couple years ago. I know they safeties one, play- last one playoff game, but when was the last time you like Earl Thomas? The Ravens had, Is he good? He was fine with them. I think Marcus Williams could, like, could be the best safety since like Ed Reed. That's a, that's a bold take. I'm just not like Earl Thomas was solid. Who are the other safeties? They had Chuck Clark along with someone. Tony Jefferson. Yeah, so it's like they've never good. had like 
I don't know. They haven't had that guy in a Gino while. Geno Stone. Lydia, anyone else? Yeah, a couple others I want to throw out there. I thought Hassan Reddick to the, to the Eagles was yeah. a really good signing. I think Temple. they needed a lot of speed, and Hassan Reddick is really fast and only 27. I think that's a team in Philadelphia that could absolutely make the playoffs next year. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson to the Jets. I was going to say uh, that one. The, the Jets offense. The Jets are getting better. The dude. Jets offensive line is going to be very good next next year. And the Jets like they're getting Carl like, Lawson back. I think the Jets can be an eight nine win team next, totally. next year. I completely agree. John. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because the AFC is so loaded. Yeah. But I think they're I going think to be Buffalo's a lot. Buffalo is the only team in that division to make the playoffs. Yeah, and they year. also added two like. I'm not going to – weapons is a bold way to describe C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin, mm-hmm. but yeah. those are two, like, I think, really good tight ends. And, and, and they, they still have them. two top ten picks. Yeah. That they, that That's Kyle Hamilton and another offensive lineman. So I think they're going to go – I think they're going to go corner wide receiver would be, would be my guess. Dingley, really? Possibly. Yeah. Cor- I, I'll go secondary I'll, and then – I'll stay in that division. I love yeah. Mostert to the Miami. A lot of Miami fans don't like that, though. Dolphins have made a lot of signings. Why? Do they, they feel comfortable with Patrick Laird who signs, and Miles Gaskin? No, but who signs running backs? They also have Chase, uh, Chase a, Edmonds. A coach who has Runs had success. They also the have ball. Chase Edmonds. They're not going to draft a guy now because they have Edmonds well, in they, motion. There's no reason to draft a running back. Um, a couple other ones. Uh, James Daniels, I, I think, to, to Pittsburgh was good. They needed interior line, and they got it. Uh, one that isn't talked about a ton, Russell Gage to Tampa Bay. Yeah, and they Godwin is going to be out at the start of the year. I, I think. Uh, it, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell the ACL injury. Some so, guys come fast and go. So, uh, yeah, just adding another another receiver for Brady, and then there was I got a couple more from the the, I mean, the, the trade go, go the, the trade of Shaq Mason to, to, to with the yeah, Fox. Yeah, replacing Marpet with Mason that's like not a huge drop it's off. It's nothing, and um, he's a Pro Bowl level guard. Yeah, and then you also I mean we're kind of replacing Kappa with Mason, and then they also signed Logan Ryan, uh, safety. To yeah, that, that one's super field. under the radar, and like. He's been he's played for the Giants obviously. Last well, like, year. he's he's been solid for so long. Him and him and Anthony Winfield Jr. Like they also kept Carlton Davis. Keeping Chris Godwin was huge. They need a running back more than like uh, anything. But you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is in for a thousand yard season, I guess. But uh, Bucks stay strong. I mean, they're going to be again just awesome. And. What is there to say about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, I was said like, every bad free like, agent no, no, out there. No, I like Brandon, bad, Brandon the Sheriff is good. Sh- Sheriff's good, but yeah. But Christian Kirk, the fourth highest paid receiver in the NFL. I don't think the Kirk signing is bad from a player perspective. It's the money. It's the, the money. It's the issue. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a solid like wide receiver, like two. How are they also got like um, Foyusad Aluokan? Foyusad Aluokan. That's who yeah, it is. Yeah, he's really good. Um, Darius Williams, Did the they corner. Cut Miles Jack. That one's a bit of a questionable one. Uh. Darius Williams, corner. Evan Ingram, like a tight end who can't catch. Dude, he's going to take Dan Arnold minutes. Dan Arnold is, I, I legitimately think Dan Arnold is better than Evan Ingram. Maybe. Zay, you, Zay Jones. You know, but you know what Christian Kirk to the Jaguars means? What does that mean? More snaps for Antoine Wesley. <laughs> Worldwide West. My favorite. Cardinals receiver. have done nothing. So I guess Wesley would get some more snaps because they're not adding anybody. Yeah, well. I can wait for the Cardinals to add Julio Jones. By the way, like by the way Hayward, Casey Hayward went to Atlanta, not Arizona. Okay. Um, and then a couple others. Carlton Davis going back to Tampa and Rizal Douglas going back to Green Bay. I think two two big keeps for both of those teams. My last one. And you guys are going to laugh when, I, when you say this. But I'm actually kind of like being jokingly serious here. The Cardinals added a corner. Jeff Gladney. No way. How did he, I miss that? Yeah, Jeff Gladney to the Cardinals. Yeah, he got cut. We got cut by the Vikings because he was had off field issues, you know, um, and he's back now. 
He got all clear to the charges, and he's back, and the Vikings didn't sign him. The Cardinals did. And he was, like, okay his rookie season. And I thought he was going to blossom into something really, really good. He's really good at the point of attack. He's a very physical corner. I cannot wait to see him in Arizona. Well, David, that definitely makes up for the Cardinals dra- drafting Isaiah Simmons over all those offensive tackles. Yeah, True. let's wrap this up. Next Sunday, no show. Lydia will be ready, getting ready for the Miami oh, versus I'll Kansas. I'll come in and do it myself. <laughs> Miami, Kansas. Fine, I'll do it myself. Final. I don't think we'll have a show the week after that. We'll be back here two weeks from today. It'll be early April, and we'll get ready for the 2022 NFL Draft. This is David. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank, I appreciate it. This I really is the do second time in three weeks to do a little start your March. Next time we'll do start your April. This is Stephen KCOU 88.1 FM.